0: what's up folks um, uh, thank you for hitting the high notes This utah jazz talk it's me who tran uh, and we are so close so close to the nba season starting um i'm gonna bring in jared barker here jared let's get started man hey who how you doing man Dude, alright, man. We're, 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 like, we're like a week away. We're we're recording this on Wednesday, October 16th. So uh we're getting ready for the Jazz and Blazers, the final preseason game uh for the Jazz. And uh it's, it's been quite a ride, but we're about to get to uh you know the the real season. It's about to start. All no more offseason, no more speculation. They're gonna put it on the floor now. Woo-hoo! I said, "Woo hoo!" <laughs> All right, Jared. Well, guess what, Jared? Um, uh, we're bringing back, we're bringing on, bringing back, bringing on a guest here. He is the host of the Jabber Jazz podcast. It's a statistics-based podcast for the fans. Um, please welcome Mr. Adam Bushman.
1: Who, Jared? Thank you guys so much for having me on. Pleasure to be working with you guys. Excited, stoked out of my mind to be talking some jazz basketball. And as much as I will try to help myself, I don't think I'll be able to. We're going to get into some stats.
0: Gotcha. That's good because I'm uh, Jared. You know, I don't know about Jared. I don't want to speak for Jared, but I'm not a huge stats guy. Uh,
1: I'm more of a narrative guy, but I like to mix both worlds together.
2: Oh, David Locke over here. What the heck? Narrative.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if I could be a tenth of that, man, I, I'd consider myself a, had made it.
0: All right, well, um, uh, so uh, let's uh, go to Adam first. Let's learn a little bit about Adam. Uh, You you have a Jabber Jazz podcast. Tell us a little bit about it and um, how you became a jazz fan.
1: Yeah, so I I consider myself a a lifelong jazz fan. Uh, I credit most of that to my grandpa, uh, watching some games at at his house and everything. Um, But my father actually owned... A radio station down in southern, or I guess central Utah, and he actually carried the radio broadcast for the Jazz back in the late '90s on his radio station. And so, from an early age, he actually taught me to say um, "jazz basketball." So it was kind of a, a neat little thing that uh, I kind of shared with my dad. Um, and so, since then, um, I really followed the basketball. Uh, I really loved UtahJazz360.com. Uh, back in the, the 2010s and, and early, uh, or I guess late 2000s, where everybody could kind of you know make posts and, and comment and, and a lot of things there. It was a really unique site. So I loved contributing there. And then as I've kind of become more an adult, I've had the opportunity to, uh, in my career, have some experience with uh, data science and data analytics. And so I've started transitioning a little bit of that to understanding the game of basketball a little bit more and a few years ago my family you know said hey why don't you start you know talking about and writing a bit more about the Utah Jazz I mean you guys they kept saying that I talk their ear off all the time about the Jazz so that's kind of how the Jabber Jazz podcast and now our website, uh, JabberJazz.com, started. And now we do videos and articles and all sorts of stuff all about the Utah Jazz. And, man, we love it, and I love it, and I appreciate everybody for following and, uh, and loving what we do.
2: Awesome, man. That's, that's exciting. So uh, with the last thing, like Bushman, what's, what's your relation to this uh, Bushman that plays tight end at BYU?
1: We do have a distant relationship. Um I actually oh, met geez, him.
2: Hey, like little brother. Oh.
1: Unfortunately, no. Oh, man, if I could be <laughs> that tall, geez. <laughs> Um, so we are a distant relation. I actually met him uh, down in South America when I was doing LDS mission. Uh, we kind of connected that way. Uh, lo and behold, he didn't. Yeah, lo and behold, he did not mention he was a tight end or would be a tight end for BYU. Um, but when I got back uh, a few months later, uh, watching um, the or, or following training camp for. For BYU, found out that Matt Bushman was, you know, a really promising tight end, and I thought, oh wow, I guess I uh, met that dude in South America. Didn't even realize it.
0: All right, Adam, uh, that, that means you're like our third most famous guest on the podcast, then I think. Wow,
1: that's that's a big compliment.
0: <laughs> All right, well let's get let's get into the nitty gritty here, or, or what they call it. Um, so the Jazz have had a few preseason games already. And um, as Jared knows, I like to use the term rollercoaster emotions has already started for Jazz fans. Um, we we didn't get to see very much against the, with the Adelaide Sixers or whatever they're called, the Australian team. Um, the Jazz didn't run out. 36ers. 36. 36ers. There you go. The The Jazz didn't run out a, a full compliment uh, against them. Um, and then I want to say their next game was against the Milwaukee Bucks where uh, the Jazz didn't have Rudy and it didn't look great. Uh, and a lot of Jazz fans were kind of freaking out about um, the Jazz team everything seemed to be okay though because uh, when they played most of their guys against the New Orleans Pelicans the Jazz looked fine um, and then the game against the ja- uh, the Kings, excuse me, which was not televised so you had to find a legal stream somewhere to watch it uh, boy, Jazz um, uh, they let 70 in the first half I think um, a lot of fans were starting to worry so you know what I saw on Twitter, what I saw on social media from Jazz fans were, after the Bucks game, oh man, like, you know, we we just got murdered. We uh, we didn't really play as well as we hoped. We missed a lot of shots. Uh, we dismissed a lot of sh- or the Jazz missed a lot of shots again, and then went to the Pelicans. The Pelicans game where everything everything was fine with the world. The ball was moving. Defense was playing. The only reason the Jazz lost is because Zion and the the rest of the starters played, and the in the fourth quarter, and the Jazz didn't. But then against the Kings, I see a lot of fans freaking out still against the Kings. And so my question is to you guys: is is, is it just preseason? Do we need to pay attention to preseason? How do you guys feel about the Jazz after uh, these uh, preseason season games? Uh,
2: go ahead and start, Adam.
1: Yeah, I, I think when we focus on on details with the preseason, I think that's where we get into a little bit of trouble. Uh, if we look at more macro examples, I think those are a little more translatable to the season. One macro example or trend from the preseason that I think is totally indicative of what we'll see in the regular season is that the jazz system works. The ball movement, the spacing, the shooting – it's going to work because even against Milwaukee, the Jazz, though they didn't make shots, they got them. And that's even without Gobert, right? who is essential to everything the Jazz want to do. Then we see against New Orleans and Sacramento, while the defense was suspect, the offense was humming like never before. Uh, against Sacramento, I think we all would say that, that they had kind of a bad night on offense, but actually if you look at some of the the offensive ratings jazz actually had what would have last year been considered an average nba night and we're sitting there talking about how it might be a, a little bit of a bad offensive night so i think the the new the new norm for the jazz is that our offense is going to be killer good that the jazz system works and now we have the talent to match the system I think that's one macro example from the preseason that is definitely going to translate to regular season action.
2: And I think uh, with our defense, like we've always been the staple of the jazz, not enough offense and just stifling defense. And I think you can't, it can't be understated that like we have new pieces coming in. Uh, I mean, our defensive system might not be what everyone's accustomed to. So there's going to be an adjustment period, and I don't know how much of, you know, obviously the the drop from Favors playing the four defensively to Boyan or, you know, whoever's at the fourth spot. Royce is, you know, he's not as big as Favors, so he can't affect the game the same way, but he's he's a good defender. You know, we know Royce is one of the best defenders on the team, um, but I mean, it's, it, it's people playing different roles. So there's going to be adjustment period, and I, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be the end of the world for, you know, for us to see some adjustment. It's just it is what it is. I mean, this is fluid, all well fluid. Gwyn's gonna try different things, new lineups. And we're gonna see how it goes.
0: Yeah, Jeff Green um, uh, came out say and said today uh, after a practice, I believe that there's there's a just e- even just like having Rudy back there is an adjustment because. How many teams out there have someone like Rudy? Not, not many, if any, really. And uh, so they, obviously they're learning. And we all, Jazz fans, all know that Quinn's system is very complex. And so it does take a while. Like they, they've had training camp, they've had a few preseason games, and you're not even going 100% in preseason games. So that's, you know, I, I can see why the defense didn't look great. But um, are you guys are saying, is um, what you guys are saying is we don't need to worry about it that much. Um, it's a little concerning, but not that much concerning. Um, Adam, uh, go ahead. I'm
2: with you, who I think what you're saying is basically, especially the preseason and just the NBA in general, it's more offensive-centric, kind of the way that Adam was framing things. And so the real takeaway from preseason is, yeah, the offense is coming, which is good. That should translate to
0: the regular season. Yeah, I I saw somebody on Twitter give a very good take about – um defense in the in preseason is that defense is a lot about effort and in the preseason, you're not giving all that effort because you don't want to get hurt. I mean, it's it's a, it's a meaningless game. So maybe the defense looks bad because we're not seeing the 100% effort you would see game one of the NBA season, game 10 of the NBA season, game 80 of the NBA season. Uh, Adam, on your last podcast, uh you even talked about, like, Jared brought up Royce O'Neal playing the four maybe or his defensive ability, you brought up the um the raptor uh the 538s uh, new raptor um statistic and you talked about it extensively on your podcast you want to give us a little preview of what you you said
1: yeah yeah sure so 538 which is widely considered a, an awesome uh, analytics and statistical uh, website that that extends into politics uh current events and and even the sporting world came out with a statistic to replace what has long been their statistic of Carmelo, uh, which this new system called Raptor, uh, will. the biggest difference from what it it used to do with Carmelo is now they're going to use some of the play tracking data. So what players do in transition, what players do in isolation, uh, what players do on drives, so they're going to factor some of this in with the traditional on-off metric, you know, how how positive are you when you're on the floor or how positive is the team on the floor when you are with them versus off. And so they combine some of those things and make some adjustments. And when we were looking at this on the last podcast, there's an offensive raptor statistic and a defensive raptor similar to how ESPN does their Uh, Real plus, offensive real plus minus and defensive real plus minus. And the Utah Jazz came out with some some really incredible uh, players on the team on the defensive Raptor. Royce O'Neal was in the 70th percentile or better. I believe Donovan Mitchell was as well. Rudy Gobert. And so I think the Jazz have the talent, enough talent defensively to be a good defensive team. I think, as as Jared and and uh, who pointed out, it's really about how much time it's going to take for the Jazz to adjust, figure it out. Jeff Green talked about the terminology. Bojan Bogdanovic talked about the feel, you know, the basketball feel when he's on the court. And so, I think the Jazz have enough talent with their system to be a good defensive team. And I think it's about taking that time. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of how the Jazz make some in-game adjustments in the preseason. Against the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings, the Jazz allowed a 134 defensive rating in the first half. I mean, really, really brutal. But in the third quarter, when the Jazz are still playing their full rotation, they only allowed a 98 defensive rating. So that gives me some... I would say that gives me some hope that the jazz really are figuring it out, that there is some of that effort that you talked about who that, um, isn't there quite at the start of games. And that probably comes back a little bit later and that we'll probably see more of in the regular season. Yeah. Uh,
0: the jazz. Uh, so w- what we're trying to tell the audience here is that like, hey, let's not freak out. You know, again, it is just preseason. You can get some merit from preseason, but, you know, when you're worrying about losing to Sacramento in the preseason game, it the loss you can learn a lot from the loss, and so, um, boy, poor Carmelo, Adam. Uh, first, somebody gets cut by the Rockets, and then 538 cuts Carmelo. That's pretty bad,
1: a little brutal. Um, <laughs> they what's interesting is that they use all their metrics or they name them all after, um. After people or teams. So, this Raptor, they say, is in honor of the Toronto Raptors winning the, the NBA championship. They had a defensive metric that was named Draymond um, after who they claim is the best uh, defensive center, How or the best defensive player. Though I've seen over the past three years that it's actually Rudy Gobert, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, so, so, should we campaign? Hashtag, I'm going to rename Draymond the Gobert. Um, I think we, um, we might have to get there after this season. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I know you talked about it on your podcast, Jared and I have kind of touched on it on ours here, uh, hitting the high notes that as, as much as we'd love to see Rudy Gobert as a three-time defensive player of the year. Um, my personal thought is um uh, voter fatigue is going to set in and it's going to be hard for Rudy Gobert to grab that third, that third, uh, title.
1: Yeah, he's going to be, he's going to have to be so much better than everyone. Um, in order to overcome that voter fatigue, I think it's a real thing. Like you mentioned DNP rest. (laughs) I mean, I I think I'm a,
0: i am the only one that I can think of, uh, I think I looked this up, you know, a couple months ago was Dwight Howard was the only three time, uh, three peat winner of the defensive player of the year award. And that was just the, the, the era he played in plus Dwight was really dominant and, um, he was a good offensive player. He had a great name. Voters voters were into that, you know, so if uh, even if Rudy is really great this season, but not like exceptionally great, it's going to be hard for voters to vote for him for that third defensive player of the year award, but that's, that's, you know, that's way down the line. We're still not even at game one. We're still, we're at game negative one for the, the season right now. Um,
2: yeah, and I, I think we might see Draymond really make a push this year, especially with the, the focus is going to be on him and the stuff, and Draymond pick and roll. And then we're gonna have to see him play really well defensively just to you know, to keep the Warriors afloat with, with how they've got like Alonzo and McKinney in there. McKinney. I don't know, my Warriors fan friends are just like, oh, McKinney is
0: not good. Like so <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we're, we're going to get it. We're going to get a Jared right here in a minute. cause So, we talked about the, the drama from Jazz Twitter about the preseason games, but that's not the only drama that we saw this week from Jazz Twitter. Um, a few days ago, it sounds like a Mia Oni and uh, Dante Exim uh, got into a little, uh, as it was described as a kerfuffle in practice. Um, and it sounds like XM got in the face of, uh, you know, he, he took a hard foul. Um, got up, got in the face. Had to be, had to walk out of the gym. And when it first came down, man, there was a lot of uh, fire from both sides, uh, defending XM, attacking XM. Um, and re- it really just much must be like one of these stories that are like, hey, let's get the season started, because it's a non-story. But there's nothing else to talk about right now. And um, but I know. Jer- it, so it's a story. Yeah, the media saw it, and Jared is um, uh, on the on the council uh, of Exum Island, and so uh, (laughs) Adam, what were your thoughts about the the? I love using the word kerfuffle. Is this fun to say?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to hear Jared preach on this topic, but before we get to Jared's uh, rant, you know, my thought is a little bit that man, poor Dante. I think he's frustrated as all get out, right? All get out right now. As frustrated as we jazz fans are, especially those who who feel as though you know Dante Exum, not that he's getting injured on purpose, but that that he's somehow delaying things. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly the uh, the thought of you know the the opposing side of jazz nation. But as frustrated as I think we are with how Dante's career has gone, I think he's even more frustrated. And I think it was evident to where he's going up against a guy who, you know, barely has a guaranteed contract. I mean, we'll be on the team, but I mean, is going to see far less time than Dante Exum, even if Dante misses some time this year. And he's going up against this guy. And uh, because of the hard foul and, and I think we heard through the grapevine, maybe from uh Ben Anderson, that uh Miyoni and his teammate in the two-on-two, uh um Kyle Collinsworth, were actually kind of giving it to Dante and, and his teammate. So I kind of think that he's going up against this guy who, you know, is barely on the roster, but is kind of giving them the business end. And Dante, I mean, clearly still limited. I mean, he's not participating fully in practice yet because the Jazz haven't given him the go ahead from a a balance standpoint and and things of that nature. And so he's clearly still limited. I think that it kind of pushed him over the edge to, you know, not be able to dominate this opposing player who kind of barely got on the roster, in a sense, from his mind, when Dante's, you know, been on an NBA roster for his sixth year now and is still hampered by his injury. I can just imagine the frustration he's feeling. Uh, I, can, I don't have a ton of hope for how Dante can contribute uh, big time for the team. That's not to say that uh, I, I would h- love to be wrong. In fact, I just recently did an article talking about some minor things Dante could do to um, better his chances of becoming a positive contributor for the Jazz but still, man, I feel for the guy. I would love for him to have an awesome year and I hope he has a speedy recovery. I think more than anything, it's just as frustrated as we are, he's way more frustrated. Uh l- I love hearing that story about um uh, Mia Oni
0: and uh Callsworth um uh, taking it to Exum and whoever his partner was because it just reminds me of uh, like I imagine Mia Oni going full Jimmy Butler, grabbing the two saying, like I can't play with these guys and then being the starters. <laughs>
1: Oh, peak Jimmy!
0: Yeah. All right, Jared. Well, I'm, uh, you know, Mister Mister Councilman of Exum uh, Island. Um, how do you feel about the the drama that occurred with uh, Dante on Jazz social media this week?
2: Well, Let me start with this. Let me start with this. Okay, so this thing breaks from Ben Anderson and and uh, Andy Larson um, and. And then, you know, the very next day, Quinn echoed my sentiments exactly. Quinn is basically like, this kind of thing happens over, every day. The media saw this time. That's why it's a story. And, uh, you know, okay, I'm sitting here over, go- I'm sitting over here going, you know, I see, I see these people reacting. I see a post that people are, you know, screenshot, retweet that says, Dante Exum uh was so mad because you know everything's good, you know he's just going to get hurt again and uh of course he's mad because he's going to get hurt again blah 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 you know it it actually it went it went into dante way more than that and it was like celebrating his potential injury and and I was man i was pissed i'm just like what is wrong with people that they they want to celebrate a, a guy that's on the jazz like are these people even jazz fans they want to celebrate him getting hurt I'm like, I mean, do you know how incredibly uh, sadistic you have to be to celebrate a player on your own team getting hurt? I, I mean, to me, that's like mental illness. Like, that's a form of mental illness. Let's let's cheer against our own team. Let's hope that, you know, let's hope that Donovan gets hurt and Rudy gets hurt, and then, you know, just we have, like, the worst possible team so we can have the number one pick, you know? Something crazy like that. I, I don't know what's with people that they want to cheer on injuries that they want to uh they want to rip into Exxon when it's like adam said he's the most frustrated of anyone that he, ha- he he's the one who's had to live through this he's the one who's had to rehab these injuries he how can you be like this guy oh yeah sure maybe no he's not competitive he doesn't want to play he just wants to collect a paycheck. I mean, would he have resigned with the Jazz? I guess maybe. Oh yeah, they offered the most money. It's like, come on, guys, are you serious? Are, are you really serious right now? Are, are you serious,
0: Clark? Like, what is wrong with people, brother? And this is uh, brother. This, <laughs> this uh, echoes a sentiment uh, from friend of the podca- friend of the podcast, uh, Dan Clayton. Wrote another article about, um, you know, what's like to cheer for Exxon and like how it doesn't really cost much mental. Gymnastics for people. If you're a jazz fan, just to say, yeah, we're going to support a guy. Uh, but Dr. Exum is very polarizing. Um, after the story broke, it kind of made me like introspect because I've always said that I've I've been on the, the island, but I don't know if I'm like I, I don't know what kind of property I have on the island because you're um, on the
2: island. I, you're I, on the yeah. island.
0: <laughs> I just like I was like I like Exum, um, but it's because my expectations for Exum are no longer top five like when he was drafted loved it uh we got a top five uh pick he was supposed to be a top five prospect that year and it hasn't really panned out the way that anyone thought it would or well i mean maybe some people thought it would because he, he wrong. and i think it's i think it's unreasonable
2: to uh, think of him as just like top five pick you remember that draft like Marcus Smart was picked right after him, and he's one of the only other really solid contributors from that year, besides you know people that were picked before Dante. So, like that, it,
0: it, it's expectations, you know. Yeah. Because and there's people outside of Utah, outside of Jazz Nation that worry about XM too. Uh, when I was asked to be on a couple podcasts this off season, XM was a name that came up, and um, a lot of people have already labeled him as a bust. And I was like, well, that's not fair. I mean. He's he's still a rotational player. He's he should be a pretty good. uh, His Draymond uh, Adam. I heard on Adam's last podcast on Jabber Jazz that XM's Draymond rating is really high. He's a great on-ball defender. We can see that. We saw it a couple years ago uh, with the Houston Rockets series. Oh, Um, dude! Everybody was talking about him that series. They were like, "Wow, wow, he slowed down Harden." And so, like having XM as a as a Swiss Army player that can you know play and maybe guard positions one through three, I thought was very, uh, very um, useful for the jazz. And a lot of people say that XM overpaid. And for me, it's like, well, you know that, that nine to $11 million salary is an average rotational player salary. I, I think that's what XM is. I don't think he's a superstar in the making. I think he is best, you know, a, a good seventh or eighth guy, maybe, a Bruce Bowen, Tony Allen type defender uh, that has a chance to attack the basket. That's something that those two defenders didn't have. Uh, he may not have the three point shot, but Xim has a lot of uh, has a lot of skills. And if he becomes a really great defender, I mean nine to eleven million dollars is look at Andre Iguodala. People are waiting and trying to get Andre Iguodala on their team that are trying to make a championship run. If you can get Xim to be to get that kind of level that that's, that's important.
1: Yeah. I, I hope to the high heavens that Dante can, can prove some, some people wrong. I would, I would love to be proven wrong about Dante. Um, you know, I, I question his ability to stay healthy. Um, I, I have used the, the term injury prone, um, I I don't know how big of a contributor he'll be this year. Um uh, I'm reluctant to, you know, to say that he's going to be playing 25 minutes a line and is, you know, one of our seven best players that kind of thing. But boy, I would love to be proven wrong. It would be the the, you know, most sweet defeat possible for me. Um I I really have a big hope for Dante even if um that hope is a little bit uh in my frame of mind uh, realistic at this point, but I do think that he needs our support now more than ever. Um, Like I said, I think he's the most frustrated player, uh, or the most frustrated with this situation um, of everyone. And though he puts on a brave face for all of the interviews and everything, I have to think that just like every other human, he's wondering in the back of his mind if everything that we're saying about him is right. And um, that kind of puts my heart in a... uh, in a sad place for him. Uh, first off, Sweet Defeat um, band name.
0: I'm calling it right now. Uh, yeah, Adam, you're right. Um, just let's see. I mean, it's one again. Dan Clayton talked about just like it doesn't take that much mental gymnastics for jazz fans to just you know cheer for a guy, uh, giving him con- like he does need the confidence too. Like I'll, I'll, he hears it, he hears the noise, he sees the tweets about him, um, he hears the fans talk about. It. He he knows that he's polarizing. Um, boy, if he just had, he could just have a good year this year. Stand man, I, hope he, I hope he's not looking at his mentions, man. Cause they gotta be brutal. Uh, and come on, we we know NBA players do it. We we know they have. We know that they have people who who look at it uh, that are close to them that look at it and try to shield them for him. And, and they're human. That's it is what it is. So, um, but the best thing for him to do is to come out uh, when he's healthy because uh, he's a scratch for tonight's game too. Still rehabbing a. His injury so he will not be playing as the Portland in, in the final um we don't know his timetable don't know if he'll be ready um by season start so again just come out hopefully healthy hopefully he can stay healthy and if he helps you know you know what changes people's minds very quickly winning if Dante Exum can help the Jazz win games all that noise goes away yeah, and the the most important thing here, I think, to remember here is
2: we don't want to see him rush back. Right. Right. We we want him. We
0: want him here not just for a good time, for a long time, for the long haul type thing. That's a good song. Not not just here for a good time. All right. So um, uh, for recording reasons, we have to take a break right now. I don't want to do it, but we kind of have to. Uh, we'll take a break right now. I'll probably play some sort of ad in the middle to break it up. And we'll come back, and we'll um, uh, we'll still talk with Jabber Jazz here, uh, talk about some podcasting stuff, rotations, some more fun stuff. So um, uh, stay tuned. Welcome back, folks. Thank you again for hitting the high notes. Um, uh, It's uh, Utah Jazz Talk. Uh, Again, it's me, Hu Tran. And uh, as you heard, we need some five-star reviews. Uh, a little inside baseball. Five-star reviews are not only a great way for us to interact with fans, but um, it's also great to help us in the Apple iTunes store or Apple podcast store, they call it now Google podcast, Spotify, uh, more five-star reviews. And if you write reviews out, it's even better. Um, so yeah, just go, please. um leave us a five-star. If you love us, leave us a five-star review, um, uh, write, write what you like about us. We'll read it on air. We'll get you entered to win some tickets and stuff. So, um, this episode, we're joined by Jared Barker, as always. Go to the distance, 49. 49, nice. Jerry, uh, your 49ers uh, have, are not going to lose the rest of the oh, year. No, oh, 5-0, sucker free. <laughs> 49ers playing very well. Um, and we're also joined by Adam Bushman. He's the host of the Jabber Jazz podcast. It's a great analytical, uh, analytically-based podcast. Um, Adam, why Jabber NFL Jazz? will tie in. Future NFL tight end Adam Bushman, Um, uh, uh, some sort of second cousin to uh, BYU uh, tight end, I guess, something Bushman
1: in BYU. Why did you choose Jabber Jazz as your title? Well, before we get to Jabber Jazz, uh, I I have been looking to trade for um, the... 49ers tight end uh, Kittle and it's not going so well. Um, everybody is incredibly high on him. So I don't think you, I'm going to get him for my fantasy team.
0: I think you missed the window on him. Um, uh, yeah, the window bro. was
1: like two like, after week three.
0: Uh, he had two <laughs> or three weeks in a row. That's when you had to go get him. That's right. that's right. Well, even then,
2: like he's, he's widely considered to be the new, uh, I guess the next iteration
0: points wise of uh, uh, Gronk. So, yeah, I mean, and so we'll do a little fancy football talk here. Like, for instance, uh, I have about an hour to accept the trade um, that I tweeted out to my to uh, people. It was someone offered me Joe Mixon and Calvin Ridley for Devontae Freeman. And so I, I pulled a lot of places because I thought that's a slam dunk. You know, Joe Mixon, uh, plus I get Calvin Ridley for Devontae Freeman. I'm selling high on Freeman and buying low on mixing that's you know it's what you do it's, it's uh, as chris harris would say it's how you play poker it's how you play stocks you you sell high you buy low you know and um is it mixing uh, like behind chubb though or no 20, uh, cincinnati cincinnati Bengals? oh right right
2: right, right. Yeah. he's on and the- he's, ha- he's
0: just having an awful Sorry,
2: year i'm mixing that i'm mixing that awful like uh whole division together except right
0: right 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 <laughs> and so yeah, um, who?
1: where are you in your league uh ranked wise
0: So this one, uh, I'm 3-3, and but I feel pretty good. I I had some bad losses. I lost to Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins week one by one point. Those guys went for like 80, you know? (laughs) Yeah, those Uh, guys were insane. uh, I I had Alvin Kamara, and he hasn't performed great, but he's keeping me afloat. Mark Ingram has been great. Uh, I've had Melvin Gordon, which I thought I was not going to get to week 10. He's here now, so I hadn't even used Devontae Freeman. I thought it was a slam dunk trade, but I put it out there. And people are very into what's happening the last one or two weeks. And Devontae Freeman's played very well the last two weeks, so which is why I was like, you know, I, I can sell him now, sell him high. And I don't know if I can get a better offer than Joe Mixon and Calvin Ridley. And so, Adam, when you talked about trying to get George Kittle, I was like, well, you missed the window. Like, he's had two good games in a row. People are really high on him again. And so before, like, I think after week three, if you offered, uh boy, uh, Zach, or er- not Zach, er- I'm sorry. Uh, if you offered... Uh, Andrews from the the Ravens, Mark Andrews. You might have got him, or you could have offered uh, Chris Godwin. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's too too much. I don't know if Chris Godwin. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> but I think I think the chance to buy low on buy low George on- Kittle is gone.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, I honestly would be willing to pay a premium now. Um, I've constructed my roster, and got lucky in the draft to have gotten some guys in the later rounds who are doing pretty well. But, uh, I mean, the guy just wants the, wants the moon, and I can't blame him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, the tight ends
0: is, uh, I mean, we, there's five good tight ends right now, and Zach Ertz is, like, barely top number six. Like, you would want to have Ertz on your team, but he hasn't performed very well. I mean, if you don't have, you don't have Kelsey, if you don't have Kittle or Andrews, uh, even Darren Waller of the Raiders hasn't had a touchdown yet. And I know I'm missing one guy who's had, oh, Evan Ingram's had, having a great year. Uh, Austin Hooper, like it's, it's hard. Tight ends, hard. You, you have to like find that one guy, and then you're you're set at that position. So, other than that, you're playing tight end roulette for the rest of the season. So, that, that's my my recommendation is just try to find the best matchups. It might it might be every one week. It might not be. You know,
1: you, you you take a chance streaming tight ends. That's that's where I'm at right now. But right. back to your original question: Why Jabber Jazz? Uh, so my dad uh, is a longtime radio podcaster, uh, mostly dealing in the political realm, and uh, he's got kind of a knack for coming up with uh, with phrases and uh, unique names for things. And so, at Lagoon of all places, uh, on a little family outing, we were all throwing out ideas, and he threw out the idea of um, of jabber jazz. You know, jabbering about the jazz. And, and sure enough, a domain was available and uh, it, it all kind of just worked out. But it did take a, a year from that date uh, before we actually were able to launch the podcast and get underway. Yeah, launching launching podcasts like this is one of the, this is a small minutiae And like when you
0: launch a podcast because you know you, you get the equipment, you get stuff, you try to find things people want. like I, I am forever grateful for people who want to listen to what i and jared have to say about the jazz and it's uh it's, it's nice and so it just i was like i was like oh i wonder why they came up with that podcast and how they got started so that's really cool so uh adam i think you had a question for jared and i that you wanted to get the second half started with
1: yeah in anticipation of of the portland trailblazer versus the utah jazz game tonight it's the last preseason game not exactly sure what coach is going to be doing with lineups and with different combinations and, and how he'll distribute minutes. But interested to know, what are you guys looking for in this game? What, uh, what will stand out when all is said and done uh, at the end of the game? Jared, I've talked, I've talked long enough in this podcast. You, you go ahead and answer this one. Looked at those stats, huh?
2: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not just going to laugh away. Like, oh man, oh! It's in, just in case somebody specific listens to this, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jared, Jared goes off on rest, and I have no idea what's going on. Sometimes, well, the, that uh,
2: that well, is yeah. actually that is actually to mess with somebody, you know. That's okay. like sort of a, like a Mark Hamillist Joker laugh. It's called it's called, like, it's called I was inside joke.
1: it's in. I was thinking it was in uh, honor of Joker Month. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there
2: you month. go. Yeah. There you go. Just, All right,
1: Jerry.
0: Well, yeah. So, what are your thoughts about? Or what What do you hope to see from um, uh, this last preseason, preseason what, game?
2: Well, what I'm um, what I'm looking to see is kind of a ramp up of, uh, you know, because the Blazers have kind of in the past they've been a little bit of a matchup problem for us. Um, I'd be interested to see, you know, our uh, perimeter guys go off a little bit, and then you know, see how. I mean, because it is the last preseason game, so we're probably going to see a little more defense, defensive effort than the other ones. Uh, so I'd like to see, you know, to see what we can do to slow down Dame and, and CJ. And, uh, you know, mostly, I don't know if you guys know how I feel about Whiteside, but that, that whole Gobert-Whiteside thing, like, early on in their careers, it's just like... I yeah, mean, so, it's pretty, so it's pretty clear who the winner of that is now. Yeah,
0: it's that's that's what
1: I at this point.
0: Yeah, that's what I want to see is uh. So the last time I logged on to Twitter was uh in the year 2016, and today was the first time I've logged into Twitter. So I want to see um uh I this new kid Hassan White Hassan Whiteside um uh, uh play against the Gobert because I hear Whiteside is so much better than Gobert.
2: Yeah, he's gonna get a paddling. He's a paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. <laughs>
0: Um yeah um uh, yeah the the Blazers the Blazers made a lot of good moves in the off season um, um Simpson's references are on point tonight. it is <laughs> and so uh i mean i i know we, we make fun of white side because analytically he doesn't match up against Gobert and like really you watch him you can see that he you know heat fans have already turned on him a lot of you know but again no, they Chani, turned on him before he was gone yeah. man I mean, shiny new toys, right? Whenever yeah. someone gets a shiny new toy, they're like, "Oh my god, he can't, he can't be beat." so it'll be fun to see. Oh, M- it's like o- it's
2: like Celtics fans being on the the canter train, and then they realize, like, even before preseason's over, they're like, "Oh crap, no, no."
0: It's like it's like any NBA fan when they get a new toy. I mean, Jazz yeah, fans. Yeah. I mean, it could go bad for Jazz fans. I mean, maybe Bogey and Conley don't work out, but shiny new toys syndrome is is fine. Uh, but this Blazer team, it'll be interesting to see because. I still have them slotted into a, as a playoff team because I mean they're they've been the third seed for a couple of years now. They play really well. They've got two cold uh, cold blooded shooters, um, and so yeah. If the Jazz can, I, I do want to see what the Jazz rotation is going to be like. I, I'm interested to see if they put Royce out there and Jeff Green out. There. I want to see the Royce Jeff Green
1: four lineups because uh, I think we're going to see a lot of those this year. Adam, how about you? Yeah, I'm really interested to see what the Jazz do defensively in the first quarter. I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast how first halves have been really brutal defensively for the Jazz, but that they kind of shore it up a little bit in the third quarter. That was That's what we saw against New Orleans and Sacramento. So I'm really interested to see what they do straight away. We heard that after the Sacramento loss, that some of the the beat writers for the Jazz talked about how the Jazz were not pleased with the defensive performance, that Quinn was going to put a little bit more emphasis on that in practices. So I'm interested to see from that perspective uh, what kind of goes on. And then an interesting note is that one of the players Ricky Rubio has, has generally struggled against on, on defense has been Damian Lillard. However, one of the opposite things happens with Mike Conley – Damian Lillard has typically struggled against Mike Conley when they've been matched up against each other. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what Mike Conley can do when matched up against Damian Lillard since, uh, for his career, he's had some good matchup data against uh, Damian Lillard. So those are two things I'm interested to see for this upcoming game.
0: I'll be interested to see if the Jazz, let's, let's say the Jazz go out there and lose the game again, but they put up a a defensive effort that looks like the top five defense that uh, jazz fans have become accustomed to, but like maybe the offense struggles. And cause I, I can already see it now that jazz fans will freak out and be like, Oh, when are we ever going to get both the offense and the defense clicking on one night? And I don't, know. I, I just, I live for those moments because that's what I do. I, I like to see what jazz fans are feeling in those moments.
2: Going over against the NBA teams in preseason,
1: but then going undefeated in the regular season. Oh yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> that's, the
2: dream. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream. Yeah,
1: I I actually think it's better that the Jazz struggle a bit in preseason than than uh, wipe the floor with people. Um I think that if the Jazz Do you remember are Remember all these all these different preseasons where we went undefeated and the sun. Yeah, exactly. Uh and and then we, you know we'd start the season slow and we'd have to work through things. Now, I think it's much better that the Jazz while they're in training camp that they find things that they're doing wrong, that they get to test things out, fail, succeed, and that they have a lot of those things understood by the time the season arrives, versus, you know, going up against Phoenix and the 36ers and the the Melbourne team that we have in preseasons past, and, and you know, winning every single one by 30 points, in my opinion, those are very, very tough to learn from. And it's tough when you start the season against the Bucks and the Sixers and other teams. It's, I think the Jazz are going to be much better off in the long run having struggled and have, having had some resistance in the preseason. Thanks for listening to this episode.
0: Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five star review and you'll be entered to win. Alright, Adam, and so you talked excessively on at least your last episode about um, uh, how big you think Royce is going to be for this team. You, I, I believe you said that you think Royce, because um, uh, all offseason, I was asked to be on a couple of podcasts, uh, NBA-related, asking me about what, who I thought the Jazz um, uh, starting five was going to be, who's going to come off the bench. And I had said all along that. I thought Jeff Green was going to be the starting four. Joe Ingles coming off the bench. But watching Jeff Green play uh, in the um, offseason has been a real treat. Uh, I think he's been the biggest surprise for jazz fans and most fans in general because uh, Jeff Green is another one of these top five picks that didn't become a superstar. But man, he's had a great long career, and this this all comes out to the expectations thing again. Uh, Jeff Green signed a veteran minimums contract. Like honestly, there's no downside to signing guys like Jeff Green to a vet minimums contract because you know all they have to do is outperform a couple million dollars. Uh, and what Jeff Green's been putting on the floor looks like a guy that should be making, you know, eight to nine million dollars uh, as the you know six or seven men off the bench.
2: Yeah, um, at
0: least five to seven somewhere. Right, and so the the reason I kept slotting Jeff Green into the starting lineup was because I said, oh, Jeff Green could play, could start the game, but only play I don't know twenty ish minutes a game. It's a guy that wouldn't need as many touches out there as Donovan, as Conley, as Boyan. But now that I've been watching, been watching this, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe we should put Royce in there, get that defensive um, intensity in there, and then have uh, the combination of Boyan, Green, Ingles rotate the 3-4 spots uh, throughout the game. Because Jeff Green looks like he can be a, a very decent bench scorer for the Jazz.
1: Yeah, I've been advocating for a little while now that Joe Ingles comes off the bench. But one valid... Uh, point or counter argument to that was that hey kind of limits a little bit of what the jazz have uh, from a scoring capability off the bench Uh, whereas you know if you start him and then you quickly sub him or bojan bogdanovich out you can bring those guys to play with the second units but what i've been pleasantly surprised with as you said who is that jeff green has shown a much a much broader ability to score in a few different ways than I think all jazz fans had realized. And so I think he and Joe Ingalls would actually be an awesome tandem off the bench. I do think that when all is said and done at the end of 82 games, I do think we'll look in the box score or in the season long stats. And we will see next to the names of Joe Ingalls and Jeff green that each started about five games each. But I do think at the end of the, or I, I think what should happen at the end of the season is that Royce O'Neal has played or started about 80% of the games. I do think they're unique matchups, possibly against the Lakers, who have uh, a large four in Anthony Davis, or against Dallas Mavericks, who have a large four in Chris Stapps Porzingis, or if, when we match up against the Philadelphia 76ers, who will be rolling uh, Joel Embiid. And Al Horford, in those situations, likely the Jazz might default to Jeff Green starting, uh, being a a uh, bigger-bodied person. But I I do think the combination of uh, of Royce O'Neal using fewer possessions than Joe Ingles would, and and frankly, even Jeff Green would, uh, being able to hit the three, and then just his elite, elite defense on the perimeter, I think they make him the perfect candidate to start the majority of games at the four position yeah uh, after listening to your podcast and i
0: um, uh, just seeing how it's been for the jazz lately i was like you know it sounds and it looks like it, that could be it especially after tony jones talked about it um joe ingles and uh jeff green hashtag pocket pass i hope that's not blasphemous here um but if you don't get that it's a thing that joe, joe ingles and derek favors tweeted at each other so um about them having a great pick and roll game uh and maybe every again uh uh when the king's pulse podcast had me on they asked about you know they're worried about bench scoring first off i said the jazz could rotate bojan ingles conley and donovan to have maybe two or one of those guys in at all times like it wasn't going to be a straight you know line switch where all of a sudden, those five starters would be out. We'd be running five bench guys for a long hockey period of time. Subs. Hockey subs. Yeah, right? And so um, uh, I get I get most of my ho- uh, hockey knowledge from the Mighty Ducks movies, everybody. So anyway.
2: <laughs> I, went but, to a um, crazy, I went to that uh, SLC shootout. So now oh, I, yeah. I feel like I've actually seen hockey.
0: Uh, Jared's not a hockey fan. Uh, <laughs> go, go to Jared's uh, Twitter page, uh, at go to this is 49 and tell him what team he should be rooting for. Um, oh, for, for hockey, oh, I'm, I'm a Canadians fan. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, uh, Adam Jared. Uh, so like I've talked about the Jazz players, uh, Jeff Green, Royce O'Neill, Dante Exim, um, uh, my Mr. Joe Ingles, like being like swiss army players like the swiss army knives they, they can rotate the different spots defend different spots play different positions and i think that's a real benefit for the jazz
1: to be able to run uh different rotations out there they can cut people up oh yeah oh yeah I think, yeah i think joe ingles is gonna be is in for a spectacular year i think he he was um by necessity required to do a little bit too much in a few areas. I think it tired him out a little bit. Uh, I think it, um, in the long run, uh, was a good thing. I think it allows him to have some really great skills. But I think now, this year, he'll be able to use those skills in a a little bit lesser of a a role uh, without quite as much pressure. And I think he's just going to be masterful at it. The passing, the defense. Uh, David Locke on a recent podcast talked about his unselfishness in screening away players to free up Bojan Bogdanovich and Jeff Green. The Swiss Army Knife is the perfect, uh, is, is the perfect description for Joe Ingles. I think he's going to have a masterful year. In some of the advanced numbers, he might have like the, the second or third best advanced numbers on the team. I, I think that's a distinct possibility. Oh, you you know we
0: stand for Joe Ingles on this podcast.
1: So,
0: uh, Adam, I'm a, well. Jared, we we talked about fantasy football earlier. Um uh Jared. Are you are you going to be joining any uh fantasy basketball uh leagues this year? I mean, I did uh
2: McCade's Mega League a couple times
0: and I lost some like that. Yeah, I, I I I'm just doing this as a transition because uh, Jabber Jazz has his own. um uh, uh, it was on his Twitter. You can go check
1: it out, but um am uh, tell
0: us a little bit about the basketball league is that you are setting up, uh, Adam.
1: Yeah. So this is the first annual Jabber jazz fantasy basketball uh, league. And it's my first time actually playing fantasy basketball. So invitation for all of you guys to come in and kick my butt, but, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to keep it, you know, really fun, lighthearted, um, I want to keep the, the teams right around 10 people. Invite everybody who wants to to go to the Twitter feed. We'll be announcing it um, practically every day for the next week, uh, and then we'll get teams all squared away. But if we have more than uh, 10 people wanting to join, you know, we'll make some arrangements or whatever to get two teams going. But uh, really just kind of put out some feelers a little while back, and it seemed like a couple people were interested. Uh, I want it to be a lot of fun. And uh, just have a great opportunity to connect with some more jazz fans on a, on a more unique level, but that's still basketball related. And I haven't figured out how, but I really want to create a slightly premium um, statistical way to you know value having jazz players on on your uh, fantasy team. I don't know if there's a way to do it. But I think that'd be really fun to where you know people are drafting and wanting to get jazz players because they give you a little extra umph or something like that. So uh, invite everybody to to come play. There's just a little uh, sign up form uh, in the in the tweet, and uh, we'll be reaching out within the week to get you all set up with a team. Uh, please come join us; it'd be a lot of fun. And the extension and the invitations extended to you, Jared and who. Uh, Adam, uh, you keep saying your Twitter feed, but you have not told the audience where to find you. Great point, who? at jabber underscore jazz as we say on the podcast that's jabber with two b's jazz with two z's again at jabber <laughs> underscore jazz you can find us on Twitter we'd really appreciate a follow if you like things jazz we talk jazz 100 percent of the time
0: yeah uh my fantasy football uh strategy is usually to grab as many running backs as possible and worry about almost every other <laughs> position later in basketball it's i i don't
2: I'm like the opposite. Like the really? Opposite.
0: Interesting. We'll, we'll have to have a fantasy football thing where we talk about all this. Cause, oh, yeah. Because oh yeah. uh, let, me, let me tell you, my teams um, have really good running backs, and my receivers are fine. Like I'm, o- I'm okay starting Larry Fitzgerald as a, as a number one. Well, <laughs> we really need to have Spencer Wixom on the pod, because I kind of got my
2: uh, – he, he was like owning our Dynasty League for – you know as long as he was in it <laughs> and he he puts a premium on wide receivers and yeah we can talk about that for early. all right so
0: uh, as you heard jared and i we're gonna join adam we're, we're gonna do a podcast host basketball league or something i don't know we'll figure it out
1: <laughs> that's right yeah again everybody go to uh, our twitter feed at jabber underscore jazz fill out that short uh, google form and join us for some fantasy basketball this year it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, is that where we find you personally too, or is yeah? So my personal handle is at Adam underscore Bushman. Um, I don't do as much posting on there. Eventually, um, I'll get around to posting a lot more about you know some other sports, um, getting into a lot of fantasy things, um, and doing some philosophy and stuff there. Um, so if you're interested in some other topics such as that, definitely give me a follow on there. But if you're uh, looking for 100% jazz, then you can't go wrong with at Jabber underscore jazz. Yeah. And um, uh, this is uh, ha- having um
0: Adam on this podcast is the first step. in i um, uh, hitting the high notes and Jabber jazz, uh, making the own Utah jazz podcast network a podcast just for Utah jazz fans. That'd be awesome. Um,
2: yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> It's all jazz podcasts all
0: the time <laughs> yeah exactly so um uh, Adam do you have any parting words for the audience here um, uh, tell us a little, just tell us about your podcast tell people where to find it
1: where to listen and what they can expect them when they listen to jabber jazz so we tried to design the podcast to be um, to try to have a good mix of, of data and then some more um, you know qualitative analysis uh, some more subjectivity I test things. Um, unfortunately, we default a little bit to, you know, the statistics of things. So if that's your flavor, definitely come find a, our podcast. Uh, we're on all of the major platforms. We do a podcast every single week and it drops Saturday morning early. Uh, and so we really pride ourselves on being consistent, having an episode out there for you every week. Um, and the, the other thing we try to do is, is try to have a good fans perspective. So we, we pride ourselves on being homers, on uh, over-projecting for the jazz and, and being very bullish on them. Uh, fandom is, uh, in my opinion, that's what fandom is about. And if you want the objectivity, if you want uh, people who aren't taking sides, there's plenty of content out there from local and uh, national uh, people out there who will give you that kind of content we think there's not enough uh, homer jazz content you know really subjective fan driven content out there so that's what we tried to do with jabber jazz uh yeah this is of Hutran.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly I was, gonna say, I was gonna say oh boy <laughs> he's, he's a really um uh coming at me here uh, Jared, first of all, thanks for uh, c- coming on again. Um, number one, congrats to your 49ers. 5-0 is really, really damn good. Um, I would also like to say... Well, I'm, I mean, uh, go ahead. we got some
2: other tough matchups coming up, you know, like the Seahawks and right? Green Bay... Right. So that should be, I mean, those should be really fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jared and I are going to, we are, I don't know if we bought tickets yet or we are in the process of buying tickets. We're going to go see the Jazz play uh, November 8th. Adam, if you want to come with us, uh, the more the merrier. Uh, We are going to have other podcast guests um, at the game too and have a meetup afterwards. That's just for us. But if you guys find us out and about, we'll be there. So,
1: You know what? I think I'm going to take you up on that. That would be loads of fun count me yeah, in. yeah
2: jazz jazz
1: bucks um yeah we'll try to all get two together then or something that oh boy jazz bucks uh,
2: um
0: well we should have we should, we should have Rudy go back for that game right
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah I'm pretty sure that's probably gonna be circled on his calendar he doesn't want Giannis uh you know getting all the credit
1: for like dunking all over his team but, yeah I think Rudy's gonna have that one as a, a little bit of a personal vendetta for sure I, I just want to see like,
0: – I, I want to see a game the Jazz of – like the, the, the game they played last year and the comeback win.
1: Oh, that was amazing. Derek Favors dunking. Oh. Uh, yeah. That is one of my all-time favorite games. I remember watching the whole game. I think it was around the 11, 10-minute mark. My father-in-law was going nuts and was about to storm off. And I remember saying, <laughs> you know what? If they just put in Donovan and Derek Favors in right now, maybe – And about a minute later, they did and they just started chipping away and we were just getting excited and excited. And then the heroics happened with Donovan, you know, knocking in the three over Giannis. I mean, that's one of my all time favorite games. Derek dunking over, uh, was it Ursan Ilyasova? Just really, really an incredible game. Yeah, you hear that? You hear
0: that, Donovan. You hear that, um, uh, Rudy. You hear that, George? Because we're going to have George and Yang listen to this podcast and tell his tell his um, uh, teammates, "Hey, we want that same exact game when we go see it live." So, uh, Jared, uh, tell people where they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. I don't know. What do you want people to find you?
2: I I don't think I want people come come into my Instagram because I'm, I'm already on private over there. So. <laughs> um. But I, I'm at go the distance forty nine, uh, yeah. And, and who usually who trade is always be forty nine. Like, so, all, right, all right, I already said nice. You heard earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know why you said nice, because that goes with a different number that ends in nine.
0: But well, you know, well, you know, we we probably don't get to say that very much on this podcast. So I have to, I take what I can get. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh...
2: All right, and guys. you know, find Hugh Tran at Hugh Tran Superman. But <laughs> I told—I keep telling him to change it to Hugh Tran
0: Ladies Man. Why do you keep calling me Hugh? <laughs> Yeah, because because it bothers Hugh. <laughs> it doesn't bother me, but like, <laughs> no, you, you it doesn't. Show, <laughs> no, you went a whole show doing really well, and then all of a sudden you switched it up again. I was like, "What is going on?" Like, I'm just messing with you. Uh, all right, uh, Adam. I'm. Uh, any any thoughts about first game? I'm. Uh, how excited are you about the season?
1: I'm so excited for the season. For a while, I've bemoaned that uh, that we keep favoring. Uh, you know, a number one defense over trying to have more of a balance. I think we're going to have an awesome balance this year in offense and defense. And in the latest podcast, I, I advocated that, Hey, you know what? I think the biggest measure of success that we can have for this regular season is if it's an entertaining season, if it's entertaining, we're going to have the wins. We're going to have the highlights. Uh, We may or may not have some awards, but there's going to be enough of that mix to where it's a successful season and I think we're going to have one of the more memorable and, and really really fun and exciting seasons from Game 1 to Game 82 that, uh, in re- recent memory. And, and hopefully it'll culminate in a chip at the end of the, the playoffs. Um, but if not, I think we can still chalk the season up to some success. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait. The offseason dragged on for so long, and I'm just glad that we have even preseason basketball to watch. Yes. Uh thank you, Adam Thanos Bushman, uh for the balance talk.
0: But um yeah. <laughs> and now <laughs> yeah. we snap. That's a that's a Marvel joke that um uh we'll have to explain to Adam after the podcast because he he hasn't watched Marvel movies yet. Snap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Adam is right, like uh really th- there's a lot of people out there who are championship or bust, but man, just already this off season, I think the Jazz have won with the acquisitions they made and how excited they got jazz fans for the season that, yeah, you know, maybe they won't win a championship this year. Uh, You know, maybe they won't do as well as some jazz fans think, but man, if they, the, the ride has been so good so far and we haven't even played one game yet. And it's probably the most, one of the most exciting times uh, to be a jazz fan, in my opinion, uh, this year. And that's, that's just from the off season moves. And so I think Adam's right. So uh, thanks for sharing that perspective with us, Adam.
1: Yeah, no problem. And, and spot on Hugh. I'm so excited who cannot, <laughs> cannot stop looking at, at the name on the screen and, and saying Hugh. So I will get it right by the time we go to the Bucks game. Promise. Oh, no, I, I, I think you've hit it right every time. It's a, uh, it's just, it's a running joke that Jared and
0: I have now. So, yeah,
2: well, I mean, his, uh his other co- his co-hosts on one of his other podcasts, like, she she said to me in person like, I can't, I don't listen to, to that podcast anymore because you call him Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> and so like ever since then I've been I've been pretty consistent on that, saying who and saying, yeah Hugh. But the actual Adam, if you're interested, there's an old podcast where, where Hugh talks who talks about the actual pronunciation of his name. Oh, it's on the it's on the Gary Unicorn pod and he goes, Who? And that's the actual way that you say his name in
0: yeah. yeah uh but thank you guys for um, uh, coming on again follow jabber underscore jazz on twitter uh you can see his uh you can hear listen to his podcast i believe on all major podcast platforms Um uh, just search jabber jazz uh in the and um, uh, go listen it's it great i listened to a couple episodes uh just last week uh, uh he usually i think you released your episodes on saturdays uh adam
1: yes every saturday morning and big thanks to you who for for listening really appreciate it
0: no no thank you i mean i, I i'm always i'm always here for more jazz content so and I, i'm serious let's get together for a game let's start our own podcast network let's play some fantasy basketball and football together so uh all right guys thanks for hitting the high us with us uh, we'll see you guys next time